Everyone talks about direction, but I don't think many people have a roadmap. This is Tony Wiggins with the Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. So if we want to discuss what direction we want to go in, uh, don't we need some sort of roadmap to get there? Most people that I hear, and this isn't me jumping on fans, but this is just the reality of the situation. Most people that I hear talking about how the Jaguars need to be fixed don't really take a macro approach to looking at it. They look at it from a standpoint of, well, you got to get a better play caller. Well, you got to do this. And then eventually go, man, I just want us to score more touchdowns than the other team. But then it seems that when they try to diagnose the problem, they have all of the answers without understanding, man, it just ain't that simple. If you could just score more points than your opponent every week and win games, there are a lot of guys that will still be coaching in the NFL. It's really, really deeper than that, and Jaguar fans sometimes have to take a bigger, deeper look, especially if you want to solve these problems and not continue to feel this way about your football team um you got to understand exactly what it is you're looking at and what it is you're asking for especially when you want to offer all the solutions on how the problem needs to get fixed uh overall though the biggest problem with this franchise is to me uh pointing in the wrong direction when things go wrong uh you can't expect fans to continue to support a product when all you do is never really take accountability for how poor the product is in the first place. Nobody wants to hear that. They want you to handle the things that you need to handle. And then uh, if you're management and coaches and players, you never get questioned if you do the things that lead to victory. Uh, but like right now, I hear a lot of fans always talking about, man, they need to just lose these games and tank. That doesn't jive with what the player's job description is for themselves. Even right now, I don't think there are a bunch of guys that are out there just giving up and quitting because if they're giving up and quitting, then they're going to get hurt. If you ever play football, coaches and other players have always told people this. The easiest way to get hurt on the football field is to try to not get hurt. So I don't think guys are out there dogging it, trying not to get hurt. I just think that the philosophy that they have has some major, major flaws in it. And that they haven't done a real good job of team building. They haven't done a real good job of matching up talent. They haven't done a real good job of having a singular message from a singular source in, in Doug Marone. Um, I think Doug Marone, when he says he's been criticized by those in his own organization, most teams don't have a person in the organization that has won two Super Bowls as a coach that can come down and actual actually question the coach about football stuff now i know jerry jones does that in dallas all the time and that's part of their dysfunction well but usually when you have a senior vice president of football operations and a general manager they handle being a general manager and handle being a senior vice president of football operations usually the biggest voice about football stuff on an, in an organization is the head coach he's the he's usually the guy when it comes to football stuff planning preparation players procedure program and all of these other things that are implemented that you end up seeing the end result on sunday usually that's the head football coach and not the senior executive uh, of the football team so i think that in it that in of itself is a problem especially when it seems like based on what marone has said and based on you using a little bit of the duck reason it, it seems that the senior vice president tom coughlin has kind of overstepped uh, I think it, it was good that Tom could have been there for a conduit as a conduit for Doug to come and bounce some ideas off of. 
But I think eventually when things went wrong, that started to get Marone in a little bit of a in a little bit of trouble. And now you see the end result of all of that. The other thing is, is when this uh, regime and this organization has made changes over the last six years, they never really addressed core changes. They always sort of seem. Now I mentioned this yesterday. They always seem to, to sort of add to or subtract from those old things, but they always kept at least something that they thought might have been working uh, prior to the changes, and they never really seemed to reboot it. And sometimes what the problem was was something that was there from the very beginning. And you got to take a long, hard look at this if you're Jaguar fans. you got to take a long, hard look at this if you're Shah Khan, and you got to say, at some point, what we have to do is we have to retool this whole thing and do what I did yesterday on my podcast episode where I called it Cut the Core Tuesday. You really, really, really have to start this thing over if you ever truly want to start this thing over. But uh, we're going to do this today. What I'm going to take a look at is try to explain some of this so you guys understand it, at least from the from the best of my knowledge and the best of my understanding. I made some phone calls and I got some points of reference for this today if we're going to move forward let's let's show instead of me just naming names today and talking over general philosophy i'm gonna get a little deep here i'm gonna get i'm gonna go subcutaneous and get a little bit under the surface of uh, what uh we are uh headed towards and what uh the, the long hard look i hope that they take to do what's right uh, the, one of the first things i'm gonna do is talk about what jaguar fans should a expect if they ever really want to get this thing together and uh, this is not an easy process by any stretch of the imagination. So I'll do that in just a second. Folks, I got to tell you, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever that golden opportunity arises if you could benefit more for more confidence where it counts Chew is the safest and the easiest way to enhance your performance they're made in the usa and since Chew prepares and ships direct they're cheaper than a pharmacy best of all there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, let's take a, a little bit of a dive here and go a little bit deeper, especially if you're one of those hardcore fans that really, really, really want this thing to get right. First of all, you have to change your expectation. You have to understand that uh, the painstaking process of this, even though you've undertaken this, if you're a Jaguar fan, you've gone through this for, for most of the last two decades. But here's what you have to understand, that it's not going to be an easy fix, that it's going to take time. That is going to ask you for the thing that you have given up the most, and that's patience. Patience is not something that's going to just appear. All of a sudden, you guys know this. Sometimes you lose it. What you have to do is you have to exercise it. So you're going to have to exercise patience if you really, 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 really want to come out of this thing. 
So you're going to have stages where you're going to be optimistic. It's going to improve a little bit and it's going to improve slow, but it doesn't mean that you need to, uh, you know, just give up and say, here we go again. Uh, there are people out there that feel that way. There are people out there that, they, like, they say stuff like just tank. Tank and lose all of the game. You know what those guys are trying to do right now? They're trying to put out good tape. They're trying to put out good tape. That's that's the uh, curriculum vitae. It, what they do on tape in bad times, teams will notice that. And if teams notice it, notices it, it costs you money. Right now, what those players have uh, on, in their defense is when the coaches get fired, it's scheme. Okay? They didn't put us in a position to win. Right now, teams that are hungry for talent that see that there are certain guys who can make plays on the Jaguars team, you know what? They're going to almost give them a mulligan and say, you know what? We know how to use you because they're trying to entice them to come. We know how to use you. We, we know what they were doing wrong down. No, that was a bit of a dumpster fire. We all used to laugh at them. But they, see, they had you, but they didn't know what your worth was. That's where they're going to be. So what you can't do once they start doing that and then they start negotiating with you, you can't put bad tape out if you're a player. And, and any former player will, will tell you this. And I talked to one of them before I did this. Absolutely cannot do it. You have to make sure that even if it's fake hustle, your effort looks right. Now, sometimes when you do that as a player, what happens is you end up playing for yourself because there's nothing else team-wise that you need to play for. So you got to be careful with that, too, because the good teams like the Patriots uh, that don't seem to overpay for players, uh, they'll point that stuff out to you and tell you, see, you can't do that here. We won't accept you doing it here. You have to do your job. And usually that's uh, the difference between guys tanking, the difference between guys going off the rails, the difference between guys playing for themselves. It, it's all of those things. So the players want to put out good take. They don't understand what tanking is because why would you tank for a team to get a better draft pick when, you know, you have a real good chance of not being here because you tanked. You have a real good chance of a new coach coming in here. Uh, and when that new coach comes in here, uh, he may not want you because he sees what you did on tape and on film. And you may not fit him anyway, and you'll be going somewhere else. So in order for them to tank and to look like they don't want to win, the the player that you're asking to do that are probably not going to do that anyway and not even thinking that way because it's it's not beneficial to them. So. I never really understood when when guys said to tank, and if Doug Marone is is is, is a coach that's you know going to get fired anyway, why would he why would he lose and make it worse? So when you say tank and you're talking about a team, you're talking about uh, this idea of what the team is without looking at the actual individuals, the coaches and the players that would have to execute that and do it. Why would they do that for an owner that's going to fire them? They're not. It just doesn't make sense. And I, and I never thought it made any sense. Uh, and, and, and no matter how you look at it, it's, it's really just some sort of imaginary thing that people talk about because it's not reality. So that's not going to happen. But in any event, when these guys get moved on, here, here's what you need to find out. You need to find out what the, what the strategy is of, of whoever you're going to bring in here. And I love it when people say, I want an offensive-minded coach. Good. What was that going to do? Offensive-minded coach, defensive-minded coach. It doesn't really matter if he's not the play caller. And most of the time in the NFL, whoever's running the show isn't the play caller. And in some of the cases where whoever's running the show is the play caller, you still need great coordinators. It doesn't matter about him himself because you know what? When we talk about an offensive-minded coach or a defensive-minded coach or whatever, this is what people don't understand. So I'm going to break it down to you. Usually when you talk about that stuff as a fan, you're talking about the ability to call plays on game day and make adjustment. I think that's about 20% of what goes in the coach or coordinator. 
according to my friends that I talk to. First of all, a coach has to have a plan. You have to say, this is who I am, this is my philosophy, and this is what I want to be. Whether that's a hard-nosed physical football team that you lead with physicality because everybody has to be physical, whether you want to recruit a bunch of smart players, like it seems like the Patriots have a bunch of guys that if you just put them all in a park together and put some uh, meat on the grill, they're going to go out there on their own without coaching, and they're going to start saying uh, they're going to they're gonna stand out there and go 11 on 11, and they're going to be teaching each other what they're supposed to be doing. Football playing justice is what I call them. Guys that just loved the game, and people could talk about whether they're having fun or not, but it seems like New England always has a bunch of smart, intelligent guys that – want to be a part of a, a, a team and want and want to win and they they just have guys that absolutely love the process of what football is and love guys that it seems that way and it seems that way because of coach their coach is that kind of guy belichick is the kind of guy that's probably diagramming plays on a napkin when he's in a restaurant i recall a story that nick saban told that he was up in ohio talking to the uncle of all of the stoops brothers they said a guy came in and robbed the joint while they were in this place and they never noticed it because they were scribbling plays on a, on a napkin. That sounds like Stoops. That sounds like his family. That sounds like Saban, who comes from the Belichick tree. So the first thing you have to do is identify approach. How come all the Baltimore Ravens look like a bunch of tough guys that you don't ever want to fight in a bar or in an alley? Yeah, that guy. Those people. How come the Steelers always look like they have these big, physical, mean, nasty guys and it was described to me that Pittsburgh, when they go out to draft people, they like to draft guys from big schools that have at least a three or four year um, body of work under a good coach. That means smart. That means understanding the program and understanding the process. So it's these type of things that I mean when you say what is the identity of the team? You look at some other places where they love talented superstars like the Rams, like the Cowboys. And they have up and down success where they're very, very talented and they can show up and whoop you one day. And then the next day, it seems like everybody's playing for themselves and they're getting fat and they're making videos and they're doing all of these other things. So that's what you have to do. You have to understand what your leader is and what your leader wants and what type of players that they want to go after. And you have to figure out the philosophy. Then once you feel like figure out the philosophy, you need a guy that can come in and identify what he has. Because you can't figure out what's missing until you can actually diagnose and identify what you have. That means in terms of frontline talent. That means in terms of guys who are developmental uh, people. That means what do they do well and what do they don't do well and how we implement that and fit that into our program. It doesn't mean having this system where you're going to go get Otto and you're going to get Leo. And you, you have all of these things. You find people that fit that without wondering uh, are you passing up on good players? Are you letting guys go that could actually help you, that do a little bit of stuff that's outside of the box of what you do, all right? Then you have to have the ability. Once you identify what, who you are and what you are and what you want to be, then you look and assess at what you have and see if they can help you in any kind of way or if whatever they do, you can squeeze it into what you do and, and, and get the most out of it. Then here's the, this, this is the big part. You got to teach. You have to be an effective communicator that knows how to teach, motivate, and reach the players. This is, the, this is, this is called uh, identifying what the talent is, knowing what the talent can and can't do. And now you have to be able to communicate and teach effectively through different methods. How the, You have to teach these guys how to run your offense and how to run your defense. You want your guys on the field coaching each other. I recall when I was 
listening to uh, Tampa play, and I and I actually heard Derek Brooks back in the day over the mic yell, yelling at Shelton Quarles. Shelton, move to the right. Watch him right there. Shelton, number 20, number 20. And I was like, well, Shelton Quarles is a very good player. Derek Brooks is obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. But listen to that communication. Listen to what you have coaches on the field, and then you have guys that they know everybody's position. This is what you have to first be able to teach that to those players, and those players have to be able to communicate that with the rest of the guys. How many times have the Jaguars played this year where they've stormed gaps and guys weren't where they're supposed to be, and they feel like they were overcompensating using their speed and athleticism for the things that they did not know in their brain? So, you know, we have guys here that break film down here. Lagerman does a good job of it. And they pointed out he just wasn't in the right place, so he was wrong. They talk about Quincy Williams. Quincy Williams has a Hall of Fame physical talent. Elementary school level understanding of football at this point. So, you know, it's that kind of stuff. You, you have to be able to be physical. You have to be able to be smart. But more than anything else, you have to have an understanding from top to bottom what is expected of you. Uh, how do you get the best out of people? How do you give your best to the team? Do your job and, and, and those things. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go here and uh, – I'm going to pause for a second, but then I'm going to come back and tell you why I think people miss out on the importance of uh, player development, which Lewis Riddick on ESPN talks about all the time, offensive identity, who you are and what you are, and, and what a coordinator really, really does uh, every single week that fans don't see. It's not about play calling on John Madden. And I, I hear so many guys when they talk about, football when they watch football i hear all of these madden terms and all of that and it doesn't come from madden it comes from the nfl but at some point someone has to teach that stuff and you have to have a plan that's going to execute every week that you can adjust from and uh sometimes people just think coordinators are just guys who call plays and that's why they say well i want an offensive minded head coach and and then the third and i think that's a little bit uh I, i'm not going to call it disingenuous but it's a little bit misguided in terms of uh how this thing really goes and if you really take a deep dive into it you can understand what the jaguars have been missing if you've been missing your meals because you just don't have time you need to treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with doordash right now our listeners can get five dollars off of their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter the promo code locked on listening on the go if you can't visit doordash right now it's okay you can find this and all of our other offers from locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers more about the building and construction leadership that's needed for the jaguars in just a second all right man so talking about the importance of direction and the importance of leadership the importance of finding the right guy with the right philosophy who can get the guys who can teach the right way and bring and extract the most out of these these cats uh instead of doing the total opposite and and focusing too much on personality and the way guys talk and the way guys act <clears throat> you know what i mean uh player development uh, you just can't go out spending on free agents every year and, and expecting to use top five picks and getting guys. Even the guys who are top five picks need to be developed as football players. It's because they're top five pick and they have uh, outwardly talent. They have to be developed as football players. 
you have to get these guys to buy in. You have to develop these guys. And I know folks will say, well, you're a professional. You make all of that money. You need to motivate yourself. Yeah. Try that when you were 23 and 24 years old. Is that what you did? Is that what you did? You, you never arrive. You never arrive, you know, just because you get money and you get a contract. It's more to it than that. Guys can have to be continually, continuously developed over a period of time uh, and improved upon. Uh, what if Drew Brees' development would have stopped when he was in San Diego? He wouldn't be a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion because he's going to finish top five in just about every category of passing you can imagine. Uh, did his development stop when San Diego got rid of him? No, it didn't. It continued to move on. So I do believe that uh, player development is extremely important, and the Jaguars are a team that has has not necessarily done that. All of those guys you saw, Tyler Shatley, that they had around here forever, and Josh Wells, they never led to anything. They never. Jared Wilson is going to get replaced this year. Jared Wilson won't be the starting safety for the Jaguars next year. Someone pointed out on radio, I think I was listening to Mike Dempsey on 1010XL, and Jeff Lockerman was there. They counted that at some point this, this past weekend against the L.A. Chargers that the Jaguars had seven undrafted free agents on the, te- on the defense at one point, and they, and they were getting mollywhopped. Player development doesn't mean that you find these guys and you can just put them on the field. Player development actually means that you find them and they improve, and then boom. They, Casey Hayward was a guy who was player developed. You know what I'm saying? He was developed along the way and brought along the right way. I look at a guy like Ronald Jones down in, in, in Tampa who was a bust as a rookie and came back this year and played even better. Uh, he was player developed. Uh, Devontae Parker, Miami, player developed. DJ Chark in Jacksonville was a guy who was brought along and, and developed properly. You, you, really have to, you really have to have a program in place where guys understand every single thing that's expected out of them. And there, there's a chart and there's a path where they're going to improve and they're going to eventually be able to help you down the line. Quincy Williams right now is a, is a kid that is, is, is prime for player development and needs a really good coach that will help him get from point A to point B and then from point B to point C and point C to D. Now, let's go over the play calling act. Play calling is important. But what plays are you calling? You're calling the plays that you worked on based on your philosophy and based on you game planning against and around the opponent and you know sometimes you wonder well, why don't why don't they do this or why don't they do that or why don't they do well you know what they look at the film and you have to be able to take what you see and be able to come up with a plan now a few times i'm mentioning this specifically about the jaguars you've heard them defensively talk about things that had to do where they screwed up i'll give you a perfect example the coverage that they decided to play week one against Kansas City, they admitted it was wrong. That's that. So you're playing, you're going to win like that. You're never going to win with looking at something on tape and then coming out and saying they did a lot of things we didn't expect. Right. Gotcha. You should have expected it. Sorry. Uh, I appreciate you being so transparent, but that's the problem. That's the part of being a coordinator that has nothing to do with play calling. That's the part of being a coordinator that has to do with being ready to go and having your guys out there trying to figure it out on the fly. Okay, that was a problem. Uh, A couple of other times during the season, they had flawed plans. The other day, Doug Marone came out and said against the Chargers that their thing was to hold on to the ball, keep Philip Rivers on the sideline. How'd that work out for you? You keep the ball for almost eight minutes in the first quarter. You get a field goal. They come out five plays. It's a touchdown. They're up seven to three. They, 
the Chargers never had the ball the other day and they scored 45 points. Is that really what you tried to do? Really? You're going to play ball control? You're going to dink and dunk? Go back to when uh, in the playoffs last year when the Patriots played the Chargers. They were throwing the ball all over the lot on the, on the Chargers, who at that time was a healthier football team than they were this past Sunday. They challenged them. They challenged them. So whether or not they're better than you physically or whatever, here's your issue. Your issue is your game plan is flawed against that team. The Chargers hadn't scored more than 30 points for weeks. Why would you feel that there's such a juggernaut that you have to keep them off the field? Well, maybe it's because you did keep them off the field and they scored 45 points. So maybe it goes back to this. You're just not good enough. You weren't ready. You don't have the talent. You don't have the identity. You don't have the players. You haven't developed them. You don't have a plan. And then the one that you have, it wasn't going to work anyway. So up, up your understanding of all of this stuff when you, when you sit here and hope who the Jaguars go out and get as a coach. Don't go trying to get the next McVay. Don't go trying to get the next anything just because he calls pretty plays on Sunday. That's not how this works. You want to go out and get the people that you can believe that will have an identity, that will embody this city, that will have an identity offensively and defensively, that sound every single week, that is flexible, that they know what they want to get done. They're not always adjusting and, and moving around based on what somebody else wants to do, that what they're going to do is implement their plan and they're going to force their will on everyone's the way, say, Baltimore does or the way Kansas City tries to go out. and That's what you need. So Jacksonville, while y'all are hoping for – for you know something to look forward to in the future understand that it's going to come in the form of good solid fundamental program and not just some flash in the pan stuff like some old flashy offense i'd rather be in the situation jacksonville is now than say the situation the rams are in right now with the genius mcfay probably on the side looking into the playoffs with a bad salary cap situation and 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 no plan offensively uh to adjust and do things differently the Jaguars right now, you have to think. You can be optimistic. You can, you can be down, but be optimistic that hopefully they'll make sweeping changes and get someone in here that really, really, really understands how this thing is supposed to go. It's your man T-Wig, man. I'm just trying to make y'all not, you know, have high blood pressure when you're thinking about this stuff. Uh, I know it's hard to ask Jags fans this now, but it's going to require a little bit of patience and a little bit of understanding of the process in order for this all to change.